You are listening to Let's Talk Shop, produced by Smackna and hosted by Angie Simon. Let's Talk Shop is an ongoing podcast series where sheet metal contractors discuss important topics and trends related to their business. And now, Angie Simon. Hi, this is Angie Simon, president-elect of National Smackna and president of Western Allied Mechanical in California. Today, we're going to talk about talk with an air balance contractor about smoke fire damper testing and certification. So I'm honored to be talking to Tony Kachurik of Energy Balance and Integration. Tony, can you tell me a little bit about you about your uh, company and your your journey with your company? Okay, Angie, I uh, I started uh, in the trade in 1982. I actually started working when I was in high school for uh, the owner of the company, Alan Weitzel. And I would uh, work during the summers just to make enough money you know, to get through the school year. Um, when my wife and I got married, I wanted to uh, come to work for Alan. He didn't have any work at the time. So I went to work in the oil fields in Oklahoma. Wow. If there's ever an incentive to want to become a sheet metal worker, it's to go <laughs> be, work in the oil fields. I uh, left in, a, in an ice storm, um, ready to come, come to work. That was in 1982, and I worked, uh, served my apprenticeship program through Local 49 Sheet Metal Workers. I worked for Alan uh, continuously uh, the whole time. Alan decided that he was going to retire, and in 2008, we made the decision rather than me buying the company, I would buy the assets and start a new company. But uh, we were able to retain all of our old uh, clients by trying to keep our names similar. So instead of energy balance, Inc. We became Energy Balance and Integration LLC. And uh, 2008, uh, we started to work and uh, been having a good success uh, ever since. Well, you started that in 2008. Great time. Yes, yes. <laughs> the economy rare, the pickup of the economy. So tell, tell me what, give me an idea what a typical air balancer's day is like. You know, we, um, we do lots of different projects. We do things from um, from schools to clean rooms, you know. Um, so it, it would depend on what we're doing. Um, but most of the time, what we're trying to do is we're trying to uh, validate that the, con- the contractor uh, pieces of equipment that uh, should be installed a certain way as the engineer is designed and it, that equipment is performing it. So a daily routine for us would be uh, at any point in time being able to measure airflow or water flow. Uh, look at the performance of that piece of equipment from a very unbiased point of view, just to let the data speak for itself. Sure. And, uh, and we go about and try to get that data as we're working through. Sure. So, I mean, we, we also have air balance. We have four air balance technicians, and we also hire outside air balances because we, we need more than that. But our air balancers work hand-in-hand with our design engineers all the time. And um, certainly helping them achieve the numbers that we're looking for, for both comfort and pressures, too. We probably do a fair amount of pressure balance as well. Yes. Yeah. In fact, we do a lot of work uh, in laboratories and and in hospitals where pressure gradients are real critical. Great. Great. Well, um, so then I guess some of the newer things that you've been getting involved in is smoke fire damper testing and certification. So can you give me a little bit of insight to that? Yeah, you know, we, um, as a test and balance company, we, we do a lot of new construction, but we also do a lot of uh, remodels. And, and in fact, sometimes just going in because an owner's having problems. 
And in the process of doing that, we started finding that a lot of the problems that we're finding on some of the older buildings were closed or uh, malfunctioning smoke and fire dampers for whatever reason. Okay. Uh, sometimes they were closed intentionally and used as isolation and then somebody forgot how to open them back up. Um, and other things that, you know, we would find fire dampers that uh, had screws through them and, and uh, had been closed and screwed closed and for whatever reason, we didn't have any airflow anymore. So from a test and balance standpoint, fire life safety uh, was kind of thrown into our court because we actually identified it as a problem most of the time for client and, uh, and owner comfort. Does your company do the repairs when you find something like that too? Or do you bring some, another sheet metal company in? You know, that's an interesting uh, thing. We have elected not to do the repairs. And the uh -huh. reason why is because we want to be able to, to tell somebody that there's a problem without someone thinking that we're making this up, you uh -huh. know, just uh, to further our work with them. Um, we always uh, recommend two or three contractors that we work with, uh, mm -hmm. give that to the owner. Sometimes they have a preference. They may have already used one of those contractors uh, or not. And if they haven't, we'll pick one that we feel is uh, the best for the, for the job. Well, Tony, let's, let's um, step back a, a step and say, if somebody was listening to this and didn't really know, what the role of a smoke fire damper is in a duct system or in a wall. Can you explain that? Because they're saying, well, what is a smoke fire damper? Well, sure, I can, I can uh, try to do that. You know, a fire damper is put into a wall as an, an assembly that's there to help prevent uh, the spread of fire if there was that kind of thing to happen, an event in a building. And, uh, you know, walls are built with a fire rating. That fire damper is built to maintain that fire rating, but allow airflow to go through through that wall under normal uh, situations. A smoke damper um, is, a, is a damper that's different than a fire damper. A smoke damper actually only actuates on a call for smoke or, or a detection of smoke and uh, will close or compartmentalize areas to allow smoke to be contained and, uh, and areas maintain smoke free. Then you also have combination dampers that are smoke and fire that can do both fire damper and smoke damper operations. So in the, in the safety of a person in a building, oftentimes they say if a fire happens, go to the lobby, for example, uh, or go at the lobby may be the safe haven. And that's usually then going to be full of rated walls. And we're expecting our smoke fire dampers to close and keep the fire and the smoke out of there for at least the rating of the wall, right? If it's a two hour wall, then hopefully a two hour wall means at least you're going to keep the fire out of there for 20, 30 minutes anyhow. Um, so the problem is, right? So now if the smoke fire damper doesn't work, it doesn't shut, it doesn't do its job. All of a sudden now we could have that safe haven is no longer that way. That's exactly right. And, um, and, and as you know, Angie, uh, in most fires, fire isn't really what causes the problem. Uh, it's the smoke. Uh, people die of smoke inhalation way before the fire gets to them. Right. And actually, if I recall, because starting in the industry just a few years ago, 30 something years ago, um, they didn't have smoke fire dampers until I think the later 80s, mid 80s, later 80s, maybe. And I think that's they started right. realizing smoke was the problem. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, and it's interesting, too, um, the thought process years ago when you'd have to put a fire or smoke damper in, most contractors looked at that as just really kind of a pain in the neck. Mm -hmm. uh, just something that was added that added cost and who really cares. It wasn't until there were a couple of uh, buildings, you know, like the MGM 
uh, mm -hmm. in Las Vegas that really got the attention of people and, and started looking at, hey, these things are really engineered for a reason. Right, right. So, so that makes sense. So, but now all of a sudden, those, a lot of those smoke fire dampers have been in those buildings since the 80s and the 90s. And they, if there's smoke, they have an actuator. So they're actually mechanical, have to be opened and shut. And if they're fire, they have a fusible link, which the other thing that we see oftentimes, um, I was just at a building just, yes, just the other day, and I saw a conduit going through the middle of a return air opening in a wall. And there's a conduit going through the middle of it because it was the easiest path. Well, it's never going to be able to close with the conduit going through it. Well, that's right. You know, and, and it's funny that you say that because we found communication lines, um, which is, you know, hey, that's an easy thing to do rather than knock a hole in the wall. There's already this hole. Yeah, uh, we've actually we actually have pictures of a steam line run through a return air uh, fire damper. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So when when you start these, you actually are contracted to go do a survey of a building. Let's say, how what is your typical failure rate that you find? You know, it it it. I guess it kind of depends on the age of the building, but we're looking at most of the time about a fifty percent failure rate. Wow. Really. Yeah, and most of those failure rates uh, come because there's just no access to even test them, no access doors, that kind of thing, uh, all the way to the fact that, you know, dampers just don't function anymore, don't work. Yeah, so if they find one, an actuator not working, they can replace an actuator, but if they find the damper period itself, it might, the whole damper may have to get replaced. Is that probably true? That's exactly right, yeah. You know, and that's, that's something else, too. The motors that are on smoke dampers, you have to think about these, they're continually powered up all the time. Yeah. And so they've always got electricity going to them. They have a life uh, expectancy of a couple of years. And after that, uh, they start to fail. Yeah, and actually anything mechanical, you should be doing regular maintenance on and you should be doing regular testing on. And the, if you think about it, we've, so many of those smoke fire dampers have been buried up in ceilings and uh, don't even know where they are anymore. Do you, when you do your survey, do you actually help uh, locate and like do a new map for them of all their dampers? Yeah, absolutely. We try, you know, one of the things that we, we ask for at the very beginning of that is, is any kind of drawing, anything that they have um, that could help us identify where they're at. Of course, some of these drawings may already have the, the engineered fire systems on them. Um, but we have in several cases now had drawings given to us that show new ductwork and, and things like that that were used for the remodel didn't um, include any of the fire life safety. And so as we've gone through looking at, we've had to, to make our own red lines of systems that, you know, as we've come around and found the fire dampers, found smoke dampers, um, it's, been a, it's been a hodgepodge, I guess you could say, depending on how old the buildings are. Well, and, and I have a question. When, when you're testing them, um, let's say you have a building that has a uh, multiple, serves multiple floors, and now you're coming out on a floor, and there's a smoke fire damper at the supply riser at the floor. Um, it, when you have to actually shut that to test it, correct? So do uh, you have to do this in off hours because it's going to affect the tenant? You know, and, and that's, a, that's a really good question, Angie. There are different types of dampers. Some dampers are meant to uh, fail under a, a dynamic system, a system that's on and running. And in those kind of situations, you want to try to schedule a test where the air handler is running so that you can actually see it do what it's supposed to do. In some cases, if that damper is taking care of a lobby somewhere, you can, you can schedule in most cases with that uh, during normal hours. In other cases, though, you have to test with the units off. 
And when you do that, you have to do it after hours. Yes, or, or I guess if it's gonna shut the air to the entire floor, you might have to do that after hours as well. Absolutely, yep. So we, we in California, I know California has many, many smoke fire dampers installed, and I had heard a stat that, that of the, all of the smoke fire dampers in the nation that we probably have over 50% of them. Um, but I know that there are very few companies currently certified. We, we Western Allied just actually did get certified, um, but there's not a huge call for it. We're doing work at Stanford right now because they're looking at their campus. But how is it in New Mexico? I, I heard that you got legislation passed that helped with this. You know, we just recently did get legislation passed. In fact, we're in the process now of writing the rules for that legislation so that it can start uh, getting used. Um, it's still something that isn't enforced yet. And so because of that, we don't have a lot of contractors that have really jumped on board yet um, because of the legislation. We have had in some cases uh, where insurance companies have started to ask for fire life safety reports, mm-hmm. inspection companies and in some of the medical fields are now wanting, and certification companies are now wanting to see uh, fire life safety inspection reports. And so because of that, we do have some contractors that have jumped on board, got certified, and, uh, and are starting to do that. We're also seeing that some of the contractors are wanting to have certified technicians install the fire dampers, not just for the testing, but to actually make sure that they're installed correctly to begin with. Well, that, and that's an interesting one, too, because, yes, they have to be installed uh, correctly. I mean, they're supposed to be breakaway. I mean, there's certain things about them that if you install them incorrectly, they're not going to work as well. Um, so I, I wonder, though, the next step is really to get the building owners to understand that it's for the safety of their buildings and for their tenants. And how, and how often should they be tested? Do, we, do you have a feel for how often they should be tested? Well, you know, the... Typically, NFPA says that all buildings are supposed to be tested every four years. Okay. Um, medical buildings are every six years. Uh, I've heard a lot of people say that's because their lobbyists are better, but actually <laughs> that's not the case. What it is is because a lot of uh, medical facilities, because of their certification uh, groups, um, they've demanded to have that fire life safety report. And so some of these places actually get tested every year. Okay. Um, and so that's why the medical field is every six. But uh, yeah, typically every four years for most, most buildings. So it's already in the NFPA code that they're supposed to be checking the building every four years, but it's not being enforced. Is that basically what I'm hearing? That's exactly right. Yeah. And on the fire marshals and stuff know that. Um, but, but I think you were kind of alluding to uh, the elephant in the room. What's the drive to really get it done? There hasn't been that push up until recently. Yeah, yeah. So, and and a building like MGM way back when, when you have a major fire and if people die, that is a, a reminder of how important this is. Um, you you also um, are you certified to do the smoke testing on a high rise building too, Tom? You know we are, um, and and that's been um, through ICB. We are certified in both fire life safety one and two, which is now being called. Um, fire and smoke damper testing, mechanical testing, and smoke control systems. Um, the reason for that is, is because going into the smoke control systems, it really takes a knowledge base uh, that takes basically a test and balance guide to understand how that works. Sure. Smoke control is not just the dampers, but it's also the mechanical systems that are taking care of those areas too. Uh, they can be purge systems, exhaust systems, uh, in the case of like a stairwell, there's a pressurization fan that needs to be adjusted uh, so that you can maintain the, uh, 
the stairwell pressurization on all of the levels to make sure the doors open correctly. You, know, you, you don't want to pressurize a stairwell so much that somebody can't open the door to get into it. Right. And right. so you, that has to be set correctly. And, and that just can't be done just by anyone. So uh, we do have that, that uh, certification. And that's uh, usually five or six stories and above, right? In that range? Yeah, four stories or above actually is what we're finding. Yeah. Okay. Well, that means uh, that means that that should also. I would think that's really critical to get retested every four years or so to make sure that that system's working, because the firemen rely on that whole pressurization as well just to, to fight a fire. That's right. And in fact, Angie, non-dedicated smoke systems like a stairwell pressurization fan, if that is all that it does, it's supposed to be tested annually every year. Okay. So do you have, do you have many high rises there in Albuquerque? You know, we don't, but we do have some casinos and actually okay. we have several casinos that uh, are over the four uh, story level and, and they are actually looking at stairwell pressurization testing annually, making okay. sure that they can get people out if they have to. Yeah. So they currently aren't necessarily doing it annually, but they're starting to look at that. That's right. Yes. Yep. Well, I was, I was thinking that I'm wondering how many certification certified, um, folks there are across the United States and they're all within our, um, our union contractors, correct? That's right. You know, Angie, I'm also on the, I'm a, uh, a SMACNA uh, trustee on the NEMI NEMIC trust, which is the, basically the group that got this all started with fire life safety. Um, at our last meeting, I had some information given to me. There's about 96 contractors certified. Okay. Um, there's actually about 3,600 techs right now that okay. are certified. So 96 contractors, but 3,600 or so techs. Um, I think in the Bay That's Area, right. I think our apprenticeship, we're actually t uh, certifying them for that level one in, in their apprenticeship, during their apprenticeship now. Yeah, Local 49 is doing the same thing. As part of that apprenticeship graduation, they have to have that fire life safety, uh, fire and smoke damper mechanical testing certification. Which is great because at least then you give them an insight to how, how they work so that they get installed properly and within the field as well. Um, yeah, that's right. You know, Angie, they can go to work for me as a test and balance contractor, and they, and they can actually go do those certification inspections. But right. they can also go to work for a contractor and guarantee the contractors getting their fire dampers installed correctly. That's right. Yeah. Well, it, it sounds like a market that our contractors should be looking to get into. I know I was speaking with Chris Walker from CalSmacna, and that they're a little concerned about pushing too hard for legislation in California because there's so few of us certified that if they did start to push for it and we required it, we're going to really have to ramp up and we, we want to make sure that we're ready for that. So um, it is definitely a growing market. That's right. That's right. You know, we've, um, you kind of alluded to the fact that in 2008, that was a great year to start. Um, because of that, we've, we had to find alternative kinds of sources for income and doing the fire life safety has actually helped us out tremendously. Um, it's, it's a 10 to 15% increase for us in work uh, to date, and that's without the legislation actually being enforced. I bet. And you're not even doing the follow-up and the repairs, and you're, uh, so you're getting work for other contractors in your area by recommending them to do the repairs. Absolutely. That's right. As a design-build contractor, um, we, have, we are NEB and TAB certified. And we, with the, our four, our four balancers, 
but we're, uh, we're a little worried about how much work it could be if we were to be testing, I mean, to, to go out and survey and have to do all the repairs. So I see your point about offering it to other contractors as well. Yeah. So that's really good. Well, Tony, this has been a great learning experience for me. I, I'm looking forward to, I, I know that when we start to take on more and more of this, I know who to call and ask because you've been doing this for quite a while. <laughs> but, well, I'd like to be of any help. And, and okay. actually, and that's to anyone, you know, I've, I've uh, actually spent some time in Hawaii helping some of those contractors um, uh, get a feel and a, or an idea of what it was going to take to get involved in this. And I've had a lot of feedback back from them uh, asking questions and stuff. I, I love to field any of those that I could. Yeah, well, Tony, it's good for our industry. And I know as a, a member of our executive board for SMACNA, you're, you're dedicating your time for our industry and, and just helping people. This is good for our industry because it's the safety of people. And that's, that's a good reason to want to take care of it. So, um, well, thank you very much, Tony. I appreciate it. And um, we're looking forward to seeing you again when I see you. And, and thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll look forward to having you listen to the next one we have. Let's Talk Shop is brought to you by SMACNA, the Sheet Metal and Air Conditioning Contractors National Association. For more information, visit smacna.org.